And uh, we just welcome your presence in this place. And I pray, God, that you would uh, speak through your word afresh and anew into our hearts today. Help us to understand what it means to run and find safety in the name of Jehovah Nissi today. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. Amen. Okay. So Jehovah Nissi means the Lord is my banner or my flag or pole or sign. A banner was an emblem or a sign on a large pole that was lifted up to signify to the people a rallying point. So if you were at war with someone, they would carry like we carry our flag into war or into battle. When you would go to war, you would carry your banner. You would have some sort of sign or emblem on a large pole that would be held up and it was, a, it was a, a rallying point so that when you were at war with another nation, you knew where the battle was taking place. And as long as the banner was lifted up, you knew the battle wasn't over. You knew that it was still going on. And uh, so God, uh, Moses, had this, uh, he, he called the Lord his banner in this battle, that God was flying high over the battle that they had faced, and that the God had won, he, God had brought them a great victory. Now, Moses' staff, and this is representing Moses' staff, Moses had a staff. And if you, if you read the scriptures, one thing you'll notice about the staff of Moses. Moses always referred to his staff as the rod of God. But God would always say to Moses, take your staff or take your rod. Now, I think you need to really keep that in your mind because God was saying to Moses that this stick that is in your hand, it's really in your hand. And Moses said, this stick in my hand is just a stick, but this is your rod. That nothing is going to get done I can't, the, when God moved through the rock staff of Moses, he brought plagues on Egypt, he divided the Red Sea, he brought it back again, he brought water from the rock, but here in this battle, Moses lifts up his rod in the face of battle over the warfare with Amalek, and as long as it was lifted, they were winning the battle. But when he grew weary, and he dropped the rod, then the enemy started winning the battle. Now, the other day, I held up my arms for as long as I could. I didn't make five minutes. <laughs> you know, I got to try this. If I'm going to preach about it, I better practice it. So I had my hands lifted, and I was wor actually worshiping the Lord. And I thought to myself, I'm going to determine to leave my hands up as long as I can. I tell you the truth, my arms were aching, my shoulders were throbbing, and I, it wasn't even five minutes yet. That's why in worship, I'm in worship, and I'm, I'm as good as this, and then this, and then this, and then this, and then this. You know, I, I, you know, I lift my hands as much as I can, but you got to understand something. This battle went for probably anywhere from 10 to 14 hours in a day. And he held up his staff. He held up his hands with the rod of God in his hands. And as long as he held it up, God was bringing the victory. And the Amalekites attacked Israel. But when God saw that attack, he said, this is my battle. These are my people. God takes your battles personally. 
Hallelujah. The Amalekites were distant relatives of Israel. They were the offspring of Esau, which in the Bible, Esau represents the flesh. And according to Deuteronomy 25, these people have viciously attacked the tired and weary stragglers on the outside of the camp at that time. And these Amalekites were known as marauding and mean-spirited people who would harass people, attack people, plunder them, pillage them, and just kill them. And this attack of the Amalekites represents the ongoing warfare that you and I face as we pursue the kingdom of God in our life. You and I are facing battles right now. There are people, all of us in this room, in one area or another in our life have come under the attack of the spirit of, a, of Amalek. There is a, an attack against us. Jesus taught us the thief comes to still kill or to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to rob you of your destiny in Jesus. He wants to keep you from fully possessing your inheritance in the Lord. And we can't preach about this enough because the war is real. The battle is real. And it isn't just ethereal or political. It's personal, it's marital, it's relational, it's physical. It has to do with our addictions. It has to do with the way we think. It has to do with the way we uh, process problems in our life. It's a battle and it's the enemy trying to stop you from walking in the victory of the Lord. And I want you to know that God is here to tell you today He's taking this attack in your life very personally. Hallelujah. Come on, now that's a good word. Come on, everybody say, the Calvary's coming. Amen. So, I just want us to know today that whatever the battle that we're facing, God wants us to be assured that it's His battle, that He's going to be our banner, He's going to be our victory. When the smoke settles and the dust clears away, the flag is still standing. The banner is still lifted high. It may be hard, it may be difficult right now, but God wants us to know that He is, He is our victory. I'm not trying to get the victory, I'm fighting from a place of victory. Hallelujah. I love Psalms chapter 60, verse 4. It says, But you have raised a banner for those who fear you, a rallying point in the face of attack. Hallelujah. That's a good promise. God has raised up a banner, a rallying point in the face of attack. So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how we can rally to the victory, to that place of victory in the Lord. Anybody interested in that today? Amen. So that's what I want to talk about today. When you're facing a battle in your life, how do we run in and find safety in the name of Jehovah Nissi? When we're facing a battle in our lives, number one, here's the first thing I learned from this passage, is that we need to take our stand in the place of prayer. We need to stand in the place of prayer. When the Amalekites tacked attacked Israel. Notice what I, it won't come up there, but remember what we read. Amalek came and fought Israel in Rephidim. Everybody say Rephidim. Rephidim means place of resting. Isn't that just like the devil? Always coming to disrupt your spiritual naps. 
in Jesus. No, this place of rest, a place of confidence, a place of, re, re, uh, you know, just getting refreshed. The enemy always comes when you find you get your feet underneath you spiritually and you find who, out who you are in Jesus Christ. No sooner do you think things are going well, I think I got this now, than the enemy shows up in the resting place. In your refidim to destroy you, to, to disrupt what God is doing in your life, to disrupt your progress in the Lord. That's what the enemy does. And so Moses said to Joshua, choose some people out, go out and fight, and I'm going to go up to the top of the hill. He said, and I'm going to take my stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God. God has been working through this many times over. And what he did before, he can do again. Hallelujah. And he said, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to stand. I'm going to take my stand on top of the hill while you're fighting in the valley floor, while you're down here engaging in hand-to-hand combat. Just know that I'm up there and I'm doing business. And that business that he was doing up there was he was praying, he was interceding over the warfare. And I just want to remind every one of us in this place today that the only way that we can win the spiritual battles in our lives is that we have to run to God in prayer, seek his face, and call upon the name of the Lord. And listen, the more I pray, the more victory I get. The less I turn to God, the more the enemy gets a stronghold in my life. Amen. Come on. I just want to remind you that the battle you're facing is in two dimensions. There is the physical, walking it out, feeling it out, experiencing it out in this life, down here below, so to speak, in the valley. And there is the spiritual, the top of the hill, the, play, the place in, uh, of intercession and prayer. And the way that I win in the physical is I'm standing in the spiritual. And the more I'm standing in the place of prayer, and that stance has to do with establishing a place a prayer in your life, making it a priority. You want to win the battles that you're facing right now? You, you and I need to prioritize getting with God on the top of the hill. I can't win in the valley floor until I get to the top of the hill. There's no way to do it. You can't control your problems away. You can't wish your problems away. You can't ignore your problems away. You got to get to the top of the hill. Amen. And what happens there affects what happens here. What happens here affects what happens down here. And that's, the, that's just the way it is. There isn't another way to fix your problems. There isn't another way to break your addictions. There isn't another way to find healing in your marriage. There isn't another way than to call upon the name of the Lord. 
press in and make it a priority. For Moses, praying, seeking God, interceding over the battle was not his third resort, his fifth resort, or his tenth resort. It was his number one thing. When you come to church, you should just come to church to mark it off your Christian to-do list. We should come to church to pray our way through last week's battle and get ready for next week's. Amen. And when we get into our closet time, that's where you get real with God. Don't just yawn your way through and talk about, oh, bless me here, bless me there. Talk about the battles. God knows you got them. Don't ignore them. Lift the rod over them. Hallelujah. Are you with me out there? So we need to prioritize prayer. Persevere in prayer. It says in verse 11, So long as Moses held his hand high, Israel prevailed. But when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. There is a definite correlation between our intercession and prayer and calling upon the name of God and the victory God wants to bring into our lives. And that word prevail, when his, as long as he held it up, he, he prevailed, the Israel prevailed, that means that they were strong and mighty and powerful. But when he let down, when he let down, you know, battles get wearisome. They weary us out. They tire us out emotionally and mentally. And we just, we get tired in our heart. We get tired in our resolve. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm not the only one, am I? We get tired. We let down. That word let down, I looked it up. It means to rest, depart, or abandon. Let me tell you something. If we give up on prayer, if we give up on crying out to God, we give up on the possibilities that await us in victory. This is why Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verses 23 and 24, For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt. Everybody say, does not doubt. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes. Say, but believes. Does not doubt, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Jesus taught us not only to prioritize prayer, to get to the top of the hill, but to persevere in prayer, because that's where the victory is. And listen, listen, I'm not persevering in prayer to twist God's arm to do something. I'm persevering in prayer because I know only God can do something. Perseverance isn't for God. It's for me. It's for me. To keep going back, to be, keep pressing in, because I know that this is a battle, and battles aren't won in five minutes, or five days, or five months. Sometimes we have to keep pressing in. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? I should have wore my good amen shirt today. Amen. What is perseverance? Perseverance is doing exactly what Jesus said. Expel the doubt and expect God to move. 
That's what perseverance is. So like, do I have doubts? Yeah, there are times I have doubts. What do I do? I pray my way through it. Can we be real? Come on, can we talk real? Sometimes doubt rises up in my heart. What Jesus is teaching me here is, listen, deal with it, get it out, pray it out, work it out. Talk to this mountain, keep coming at this mountain, keep coming back at it. Well, I don't see it moving. I don't see it. I can't see. It still looks like it's right there. Well, just keep removing it. Keep going after it. Keep pressing in. Amen. And he said, believe. Everybody say, believe. Do not doubt, but believe. If we're going to, get, if we're going to come under the banner and walk in the victory that is already ours in God, in Jehovah Nissi, we need to stand. We need to posture and position ourselves to be a praying people. That's how I live my life. That's how I overcome my battles. This, we sing a song, this is how I fight my battles. That's one of the ways. We step into God, you alone can do it. You, you, it's you, God. It's you. Not, it's not me. But see, you have to understand, God works. Just like Moses said, this is the rod of God. God says, I'm calling it your rod. And you see the, you see the tension of the combination. God, I can't do it without God. God doesn't do it without me. Amen. So get your rod in your hand. Amen. All right. Just pulling out some ideas out of this passage that will maybe help us to position and posture ourselves under the banner, Jehovah Nissi. The second thing I see in this is that if we're going to win our battles, we need to surround ourselves with godly people. We need to get some people around us who are God people, not just good people. There's a lot of good people until you really know what's going on in their life. Look hard and you'll find it. But I'm, talking about, I'm not just talking about good people. I'm talking about God people. I love what Moses said. He said, he said to Joshua, Joshua, watch. Choose some Men, or choose some people to go out and fight. Meaning, not everybody in the camp gets it. You got to find those people who you know know God, who you know are people who are important to you, who could help you, you got to fight, you got to choose, because not everybody can handle the fight. Amen. And he said, and I'm going to go up on top of the mountain. You choose people to go out and fight. Find some people that you can take with you, right? That word choose means to select or decide upon. So literally, he's like, hand select some people. Get with some people. He says, I'm going to go on top of the mountain. And he said, I'm going to take my stand and I'm going to call upon the name of the Lord. And the Bible says, and then he took with him Aaron and her. And so Joshua's got his entourage and Moses has got his posse or whatever you want to call it. And 
they are surrounded with people of like faith. And the Bible says that when Moses' hands became so heavy that he couldn't do it alone anymore, they got a rock and they put it under him and he sat on it and then one's up one side and her got on the other and they helped him hold his hands up until they were steady and the victory was won at the end of the day when the sun went down. God gave them a great victory. This is the picture to me of the power of partnering with others in order to overcome life's battles. You can't do this by yourself. We need to choose some people, select some people, find some people, because not everybody is fit for the battle or for the battle I'm going through. And it's not like we're against other people in our life, but we need, we need to get around God's people We need to select some people, like Moses had Aaron and her, to be by his side. We live in a world of loners and lone rangers. Take it from me, I am one. I figure I can do this myself. That's why I keep falling flat on my face. But we live in this kind of world. But God talks about the power of unity. He wants us to change, to shift the way we think about things. And we live in in such a culture right now that it's it's hard to feel safe around people. You're afraid you're going to get canceled. You're afraid you're going to be put on blast. You're afraid what people are going to say about you on Facebook or whatever the case may be. And And we have drawn away. But no, listen, the way that we get victory is not trying to do this by ourselves. The banner of Jehovah Nissi isn't just intercession, it's interdependence upon one another. People of God in my life that can help me get through all the way to victory. Amen. So, God said in Leviticus chapter 26, verse 8, five of you shall chase a hundred. And a hundred of you shall chase 10,000 to flight. Your enemies shall fall by the sword before you. That's God's plan for us. The greater our connectivity, the greater we come together and unify and and interdependence upon one another in his name, the banner of victory is flying high over our lives because we have each other. We're not doing this in our own strength. Amen? So, we need some Aaron and hers in our life. Amen? We need Aaron. We need some Aaron's and hers. I remember years ago, I was praying at the end of a message, and I, I don't know what, and I talked, you know, I, I, I was recollecting an Aaron and a her. And I was praying, and I inadvertently said, Ben and her, like, Ben, her. <laughs> That was for real. I had, you know, what do you do? I, there's no recovery from that. You just say amen and go home. Ben her God. Oh, dear Lord. But we need these kind of people in our lives. And who are these kind of people? These are people who stir us up. How many of you know that some of us need to get stirred up? Amen. Should come up there. I think it's going to come up there. That word stir up. There you go. I want you to see it. Everybody say stir up. 
Now, I want you to notice something. Aaron's name means light bringer. That's what his name means. Aaron was the high priest. So, he is a light bringer. He was the high priest. A high priest or a priest was someone who stood before God for another. So Aaron was not only the high priest of Israel, but he was Moses' personal priest in that moment. And we all need the priesthood of believers. We all need people who know how to stand before God, but also will stand in the gap for us. And who know how to shed a little light in our darkness, bring light of truth to those dark areas and those dark thoughts and those dark attitudes that sometimes we get stuck in. We need somebody to stir us up with some truth, some light. Amen. Her's name, her means white or burning. So you got a light bringer and you got someone who represents a burning. All of us need someone to come and stir up a flame in our heart because some of us are like smoking flax walking around here. We're just smoldering wicks. Amen. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? When your fire's out, when you've lost your passion, when you have, you know, you're just kind of going through the motions, you need somebody who can get a fire started in your soul. Amen. We need this, and we need to get stirred up. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, it says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up. Everybody say stir up. In order to stir up. That word literally is a word that means to prod with a stick. Don't get me started. Amen. Some of us need a good... We, in a, in a godly way, in a kind way, in a, in a thoughtful way, but we need a good provoking. In fact, I think the NIV translates it that. Let us sit around and think about how I can provoke so-and-so to good works. Because things aren't looking real good in their life. Things aren't you know what I mean? And, and, and again, these are people that you identify with, you know, you care about, you love, and it's all based out of the love of God. Because you see better things for them than right now they see for themselves. You need some errands and some hers in your life, people who will bring the light of truth, somebody who will get your fire started. Get your fire started. Amen. We need that. So he said, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works going on. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And all the more, I think it goes on to say, as you see the day approaching. Stop staying home. Get yourself into church. Amen. I can say that. I just read it. So I'm going to say it. Amen. Get with God's people. Find you a 
group of people that can stir you up. Here's another word, not just stir up, but we need people in our life who are going to build us up. People who will build up. I love this part in verse 12 where it says, and when Moses' hands became heavy and he couldn't hold it up anymore, and Aaron and her were probably like, oh, this guy's wearing me out too. And so they went over and they found a rock. Everybody say they found a rock. They found a stone, I think is actually what it says. And they brought the stone up and they set him down on the stone. I looked up that word stone in the original language and it means a stone for building. A stone for building. And you know the the Bible said that the rock followed the children of Israel in the wilderness. And and then Paul said, and that rock was Christ. You know what people need? Sometimes they just need to find rest in the reality of who Jesus is in their battle. They need rest. They need to, sometimes we just need to set people down in order to build them up. And we need to get them back into their place of Christ to sit down. And we're there and we're on either side and we're helping them. And we're just setting them down in their identity, but also in their authority. The Bible says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And we rule and reign with Christ. And people just need to be built up in that. They don't believe that they rule. They think they're a loser. They think they're losing. Well, I fell off the wagon again, or I got myself back into problems, or I, you know, I can't seem to break. No, no but, but listen, you need to be reminded who you, you need to sit down. You need to sit down in the reality of who you are. And know that this isn't about you, it's about what Jesus did for you, and you sit down with him. And you rest in him. And in that place of rest, that's where you find your authority. When you understand your identity, then you get your, you know, this is my authority. But I can't do this in my own strength, I can't do this by myself. I need help, I need people in my life to come not only poke me and prod me and stir me and set me on fire, but I need them to build me up in my most holy faith. Amen. We need people to stir us up. We need people to build us up. We need people to hold us up. To hold us up. He said, says here that when they steadied his arms, one on one side and the other on the other side. Amen. We need to surround ourselves with godly people. And they, we need these people to hold us up. And it says that his hands were steady all the way to the going down of the sun. When people get weak, they need someone to help shoulder their weaknesses and to strengthen their faith. We had a, um, we had a, a conference here this last weekend getting ready for Sozo ministry, and I liked one of the phrases that they u- used about the ministry. We're not here to help people manage their sin. We're here to help. I think the idea to me was we're not here to focus on your frailties and your weaknesses. We're here to focus on who you are and to bring you into God's full destiny for your life. But a part of that is helping hold up those areas of weakness in people's lives. Hold them up. Paul said in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, he said that um, if anyone is caught in a sin, 
listen, our first response is to, is to uh, restore them. Not beat them up, not rake them over the coals and then get them straightened out, but in a spirit of meekness and humility and grace, restore them in their weakness. Carry their pain. Help them walk through the brokenness of it. And this is what Hebrews chapter 12 says. It says, therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather healed. Back in the old days, we used to say, oh, that's so lame. Well, if it's so lame, heal it. If they're so lame, heal them. Amen. Now, one of the ways that we can do this, I don't know of any better way to stir up, to build up, or to hold up, other than through something like these connect groups. These are just... These are just one of the ways that we're trying to do this. And there's all kinds of groups in here. And some of you need to learn how to wait well. And only the women apparently need to learn how to do this. <laughs> because you've been waiting on that guy for a long time. That rascal to get his act together. Or I guess girls are the only ones that need to be on fire. No. <laughs> The temple of the Lord, how to care for the temple of the Lord. Some of us need to learn how to take care of ourselves. Part of the reason we're so depressed is because of all the Diet Coke we drink. Like, I'm confessing right now in the name of Jesus. We need to learn to, you know, there, there's a, listen, I, the, I didn't do this to be funny, but I'm just saying to you, there's a place to start. There are places to start, and if you don't have a place, if you don't have a tribe, if you don't have a, a community, that, and this can't be it. This right here cannot be all. We have to pare down, and then we help people who are hurting in the area of brokenness of parenting, or maybe with some of us men in the area of our desires and our, in the purities of our thoughts. You know, just in any way. Because we are at war. But we're not trying to get the victory. We're just trying to learn how to walk it out. Amen. Amen. Jehovah Nisi. One final thing I want to say, and I'm going to close this down. In fact, would you come on up here? And the third idea that I, when you go to battle, is we need to, number three, we need to settle the victory of God in our hearts. We need to settle it. We need to stand in the place of prayer. What does it mean to come under the banner of Jehovah Nisi? Get to, get to the place of prayer, stand there, fight your battle, interceding your way through this. Also surrounding yourself with godly people who can help you get to the next victory in your life because I got news for you, there's more battles ahead. Don't you feel encouraged? <laughs> but here's what you need to do with that understanding. Settle it right now in your heart. This is the way I'm... I'm, I am victorious because he is victory. He doesn't ever leave his post of being the banner flying over us. He is Jehovah Nisi. He doesn't just, oh, I, I'll decide to be.
be their victory this time. No, he is Jehovah Nissi. But I've got to settle in this, this in my heart. And the Bible goes on. Let me just say this very quickly. It just says, Joshua defeated the Amalekites by the edge of the sword. Everybody say the sword. Now you know from, if you're a good little Bible student, you know that the sword represents the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's what it is. The sword is the Word of God. And this is what God said. Moses, write this down. There was only five times God, that God said to Moses, five different occasions where God said, Moses, stop, write this one down. Write this one down. And I want you to write it down so that Joshua, so that Tim, so that Julie, so that Zeke, so that Michonne, so that whoever you are over there. I see Marty over there. Whenever you're in a battle, you know this is how, this is how you win. This is the way of victory. And just know this. You're going to be facing Amalek from generation to generation, but I am determined to blot them out. That old flesh and that old devil playing on our flesh and on through the spirit of the society that we live in, he'll rise, he'll raise his ugly head yet again, but I am committed to your victory. I am. Sometimes he's more committed than we are. I'd say probably all the time. But oh, if we could just get a hold of it today. And just settle it. I'm going to get the victory. I am going to get I mean, I know that I am victorious in Christ. I am more than an overcomer in Christ. But sometimes, in walking it out, I stumble and fall. But i got to learn how. i got to learn how to, to get the victory. That's what's already mine. And part of that is just getting it down in your knower. And get into the book, because the Lord said, write it down so that he will read it, so that he'll memorize it, so that he'll recount it, so that he'll understand that this is the way of victory. And then Moses built an altar. Everybody say, he built an altar. What is an altar? An altar is where you dedicate yourself to God and you worship him. In fact, can we just do that right now? Can we just stand in the presence of God. Let's just build an altar to Jehovah Nisi. In fact, can I have the prayer intercessors come forward right now? Those of you who are going to pray for people, would you just come and stand right here? And the other thing I want to do, this is a little bit out of the norm. We're, we're closing down, but I don't want to leave here today with anybody in the heat of warfare right now in your life that you don't, first of all, build your own altar, but also receive people coming alongside you and helping you pray through. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to pray. When I'm done praying, you are dismissed to go. But while I am praying, if you need prayer... I just want you to come and stand across the front here. And then, when you're standing up here, when you come, and if you come, don't come with your hands in your pockets. 
but come up here and at least do this. Do like Moses did. Lift your hands. Lift your hands in worship to God. And then myself or these prayer intercessors, we will follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and just go to somebody and just begin to pray for them. And we're here for you. Better than us. Jesus is here for you. Amen? So I'm going to pray, but if you need prayer, don't hesitate. Just come and just stand somewhere up here with your hands uplifted to Jesus and get the victory today. Amen? So Father, I thank you for everyone in this place today. And I know that many of us, God, are facing a battle. Maybe we faced a battle this last week in some area of our life and we just thought, we, I, I can't get the victory. I'll never get the victory. And I just pray right now, Lord, that you would draw people to this altar, to make this their altar time, God, where they realize that you are here for them, that you are God, their banner. You are Jehovah Nissi flying high over their life. And God, let us get a glimpse of your glory right now. Let us get a glimpse, God, that you are our banner, you are our victory. And I pray that addictions are broken. I pray that hopelessness is broken. I pray, God, that sickness is broken in this place. I pray that family and marital dysfunction is broken in this house today. In Jesus' name. God, we love you. We thank you for the victory we're going to get right now in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen.